How you doing, everybody? The Chet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Course, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your host, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. All right, lots on the menu today. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kopic. Welcome to a Sports Court. Joined, of course, by nationally recognized ESPN legal analyst Lester Munson. We're brought to you by the marvelous people at American Taxi, Chicago's premier, put it in bold type, premier taxi service. When you're thinking about that ride to O'Hare, Midway, whatever the case may be, maybe a downtown ride to uh, the United Center, Cubs Park, Cellular Field, whatever. Don't forget about the great folks at American Taxi. Hey, Lester, right off the top, you know, I was actually kind of taken aback about this. Maurice Claret leads Ohio State to a national title back in 2002, at which point he should have uh, retired and gone to, a, gone to a nursing home. But uh, that being said, I, I had forgotten that uh, with weapons charges and the robbery, this guy just got done with three and a half years in the joint. It's amazing what happened to him. That robbery was out in an alley behind a tavern. It seemed like just kind of a petty crime. Uh, Okay, there was a gun involved. Chances are Claret was not in total control of his mind. Mm -hmm. Something had happened. And the next thing you know, he wakes up in the morning, he's under arrest, and now he's done three and a half years. It's an amazing... We have a whole series of falls from grace in the world of sports. This is one of the more interesting. And now... He's a college student again. Now he's back at the Ohio State. <laughs> now he's now he's part of the student body. How 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 laughable do you find it when Maurice Claret says, "I don't want to be a distraction to the football team." <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't think there's a single player on the team right now who would even remember his name. And he's going to be very busy taking anthropology and philosophy and a lot of the other tough courses. He'll have to spend a lot of time reading, and nobody will notice Maurice Claret in Columbus. You know, Lester, what I find to be interesting about all this is, I mean, the guy obviously had drug problems. He was given uh, bad advice. In fact, I, I will sit here and argue that with the possible exception of Mike Tyson, I can't recall an athlete over the last 20 years who was given more bad advice or led in more improper directions than Maurice Claret? I think you're exactly right. Uh, even the lawyers that he hired to challenge the NFL draft rule. Remember, he wanted to get oh, in the yeah. draft early. Yeah. That was a hopeless case from the moment it was filed. Anybody who had paid any attention to the history of the draft, the history of the NFL and the union, knew that was a hopeless case. They got lucky when when the trial judge made the wrong ruling. I don't know what was in her mind. But finally, it came to a terrible end. He has all these fees. I mean, it was just, you're right. He got bad advice uh, numerous times. Another uh, massive fall from grace, uh, Mike Garrett, former Heisman Trophy winner. 17 years as athletic director in Troy at uh, USC. Fired. Why? Because given the fact that the football team is on probation, cannot participate in postseason games for the next two years. Uh, the O.J. Mayo case with the basketball team. USC obviously had to be a fall guy. So forget about the legacy of Mike Garrett. Garrett had to go. Who do you give it to? Pat Hayden, who's known to the younger generation of football fans in this country as the color announcer for Notre Dame. <laughs> There's only people as old as you and I who realize he was a great quarterback. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, I mean, Rhodes he Scholar. is a very interesting guy. He can think, 
coherently. He's insightful. He's articulate. He will do a great job. He's, I'm sure, as clean as anybody can be. It was interesting to me that the new president of the University of Southern California, he comes into office, they swear him in, the first thing he addresses is athletic director. Not the English department, (laughs) not the medical school, not the law school. Aha! What will we do with Mike Garrett? And within the first hour, he fires him. That that shows you what goes on at USC. Lester, I have a very simple rationale for that. When was the last time you took the biology department minus six? (laughs) (laughs) I think we've we've just nailed it right there. But, you know, in, in, in the case of Hayden, really, why would you want this job? You know he's making tremendous money with uh, NBC uh, doing Notre Dame. He probably has an unlimited number of requests to speak uh, around the country. He can do card shows, the whole nine yards. Why would he want this quagmire? I think there's something about these guys from USC. They they Once they've spent their four or five years there, something happens to them, particularly the brighter ones like Hayden. They want to come back. They want to do something for their university. He might be just doing this as a kind of a mission, some finale for his uh, career, clean up the department, try to get him on the straight and narrow. This could be... You know, a little bit of good, a good government, good guy kind of thing. Uh, if Mike Brown, the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals, was here right now, having just signed uh, Terrell Owens, 36 years old, and still a pretty darn good receiver, but no longer an elite-level receiver, and you're going to have him on one side of the field with Chad Ochocinco on the other side of the field, how, how soon do you tell Mike to uh, up his level of Prozac? Boy, can you believe it? And then he's got Cedric Benson coming back. I mean, this is, and we're just talking about the guys whose names we know. There's some unknown guys there who are probably worse that just don't get to onto our radar. But what what a crew! And and remember, just a few years ago, the Bengals. It was like a uh, rogues gallery. Now they're coming back to the same thing. I, I feel bad for Marvin Lewis. Uh, what, what is he going to do with all these guys? What's going to transpire with the uh, current battle between the NHL and the NHLPA regarding that kid in Washington? The uh, This is a very interesting uh, salary cap case. We have Ilya Kovalchuk, a fantastic hockey player. He would be on the first line of any team in the National Hockey League. He signs a contract for 17 years. The contract will go until age 44. What what agent would let a client sign a 17-year contract? Well, this is a way to dodge the salary cap. They spread the money out over the 17 years, and that way the New Jersey Devils only take a slight salary cap hit, not a mega hit like you would if you did it the right way. So Gary Bettman, who takes this kind of thing personally... When they attack his salary cap, he is very upset. The problem here is the guy that did the contract is Lou Lamorello. He's the mm-hmm. GM of the New Jersey Devils. And he a is tremendous one of the general great manager. Star- he, he is one of the great general managers in all of sports. So if he does something, you can take a look at it and you'll find that the cir- they call this circumvention. That's the le- circumventing the salary cap, getting out from under the salary cap. This is a circumvention case. He obviously has looked this over. He thinks they can win it. The problem is it's the union that has to file it. The union remains in turmoil. Have no, They have no executive director. There's a law firm I know of that is the best in the world on circumvention cases. They haven't hired them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I think it's a winnable case for the player 
against the league. Is there any greater uh, circumvention of the salary cap than uh, the ability, for example, the Chicago Blackhawks have to take uh, uh, Cristobal Huey, who's on the books this year for $5 million bucks, and they can play him in Rockford with the Ice Hogs all year long, and he does not count against the cap. Right, and that's right out of the collective bargaining agreement. That was a loophole that was deliberately left in there. At the same time, if the league wins the Kovalchuk case, then the Marion Hosa contract could be in jeopardy with the Blackhawks because that extends over a large number of years as a salary cap dodge also. So the mo- any player, particularly the elite players, they want their union to do a good job in this case. Lester, I'll tell you what this reminds me of. Chicago-based agent George Andrews, who at one time had Mark McGuire, Isaiah Thomas, and uh, Magic Johnson, Signing Magic to that 20-year contract with the Los Angeles Lakers back in about 1980 or 81, and a year later the contract was busted because Magic didn't like the money. <laughs> Can you believe it? That was the great, the biggest contract I, I, in the I, history I believe, of sports. I believe it was 20 years for 22 million. And it was like on the front page of every newspaper in the country. Incredible development, a breakthrough by Andrews. And then Magic says, wait a minute, I'm underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> but oddly enough, in these long-term contracts, if you're the player agent, you have to have a renegotiation clause in there because frequently something will happen and the player does become more valuable than he is right now. Kovalchuk does not have that because they don't allow those in the National Hockey League. You know, uh, people bum rap uh, Jerry Reiser, but I recall vividly back about 1992 or three. I believe the Bulls had just won their second NBA title. Scottie Pippen wanted brand new money. And Jerry Reiser was willing to sit down and negotiate with him. And he finally told Scottie, I don't want to sign you to this contract because it's a, it was a five or a six year deal. He said, Scotty, in three years, it's not going to be market value. So keep on playing at the current, uh, at the current rate and I'll, I'll take care of you in a much better fashion. And in typical fashion, Pippen did not follow the good advice he got from the owner. He doesn't take good advice well. Um, it's, uh, it was a shame what happened to him. And then he blames Reinsdorf for the whole thing. And my friend, uh, Take a look right now at the Chicago Cubs and uh, take a look at Tom Ricketts. Are you as uh, a Cub fan, as a journalist, are you disturbed? Are you unhappy with Ricketts? I mean, if you had to uh, evaluate what's going on with Tom Ricketts, uh, what kind of a grade are you going to toss him right now? I'm not giving him a good grade right now. I would give him a C at the most. He raised the ticket prices. He put up the Toyota sign. He fixed up one men's room, as near as I can tell, and he has retained Jim Hendry. As far as I'm concerned, he's 0 for 4 on those, although the Toyota sign is not as bad as I thought it would be. They did a nice job with that. But uh, Ricketts has been a disappointment to me. I'm hoping something good will happen here. They have a nucleus of good young players. Um, Pinella, uh, he was in semi-retirement anyway. Um, but Ricketts has been a disappointment to me as a Cub fan. You know, what I, what I found to be interesting about uh, the wording of Ricketts uh, was that Ricketts said, all right, Henry will pick our brand-new general manager. He is he is our GM going into next year. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was kind of a vague vote of confidence. It wasn't a full-blown, you know, hey, listen, we think Jim Henry's doing a marvelous job. He is our guy. You know, we, we hope Jim's with the club for, you know, the next 15 years. It was really a very lukewarm vote of confidence. 
So you're looking very carefully at the language. It's one of these things. It depends on what the meaning of is. is. Yeah, exactly. We're parsing. It's, it's the how Ricketts you define the meaning language. of word of the word is. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's not committed to Jim Hendry. This could be the proverbial dreaded vote of confidence that leads to him getting dismissed. Uh, maybe at spring training. Maybe just after. He's surprised that Ted Phillips is still the president of the Chicago Bears. I am surprised. Um, I, I would have thought the McCaskey family uh, would have had enough of him by now. Uh, a pit, the problem is I think there's so, so many siblings there, they can't agree on one course of action, and so Phillips fills that vacuum and manages to keep the job. Uh, he's had his problems. Uh, we know about that. The things have not gone well. We'll see. If Smith and Martz can turn the team around this year, then Phillips will get another couple of years. Lester, uh, quite frankly, if you brought all the uh, McCaskey siblings together, I'm really not sure they could decide what day it is, what yeah. hour it is, or what time zone they're in, for God's yeah. sakes. Maybe they would call us in as consultants. We could sign a big contract I help mean, them with those you know, issues. What, what I find to be interesting is George McCaskey, George McCaskey was their director of tickets. That all of a sudden qualifies you to be the president of one of the National Football League's charter franchises? What am I missing? Well, uh, I don't think you're missing a thing. However, I've got to say, I've always liked George. He's another guy like me. He's what we call a recovering lawyer. And so we, he and I, and, and several others that I can tell you about, stick together on, on certain issues. So he, he's, he gets a, a bit of a honeymoon from me. All right, let's get in the uh, political arena. Uh, Tell me what you don't like about the uh, defense team that uh, Rob Bogoyevich has utilized during his trial. Uh, he's got a number of lawyers on that team. Uh, they are lawyers who have been around Chicago. Sam Adams Sr. has been in practice for nearly 50 years. He is a fixture at 26th in California. His practice has been drug dealers, pimps, a lot of petty crime, a large number of small cases. He's not a guy to be the lead lawyer in a mammoth case, complex case like this. Uh, his son is doing the best he can, but these are not among the elite lawyers of the defense bar in Chicago. There are 50 or 60 lawyers who could do a better job than these guys have done. Uh, given uh, uh, until finally they persuaded him not to testify, I would have given them a failing grade on this entire effort. But thank goodness Sam Sr. came along and persuaded him not to testify. That was a very good bit of lawyering. Yeah, how much how much rehearsal time do you think Blagojevich went through before uh, the uh, Adam people determined, you know, he simply can't testify? Or was it, was it their motive right from day one when they assumed Rob Blagojevich is a client that they never thought from right from the get-go? He would ever go anywhere near the stand. Keep in mind the kind of people that Sam Adams Sr. and Jr. represent. Rod Blagojevich is the first client they have ever had who has his own suit to wear to court. That's the kind of law practice they have. They were rehearsing him night after night after night in the Monadnock building, Kitty Corner from the courthouse. Friends really? of mine were the lawyers who were cross-examining him, and he was not only flunking, he was getting worse with the rehearsal. So they reached a point where they said, we cannot even think about this. And then Senior, bless him for this, persuaded him not to testify. So right now, uh, this is very, very close to uh, landing in the hands of the jury. Your gut feeling. Give me, give me an over/under on, uh, on on years in the joint for Rob Blagojevich. 
I think Rob Blagojevich is going to be convicted on all 24 counts. If he is, the judge, James Zagel, is very unhappy with Blagojevich. He's very unhappy with the lawyers. He will pay a penalty. I think he's looking at 15 or 18 years uh, in jail. When he comes out, those daughters of his will be all grown up. The the brother, Robert Blagojevich, is not in as much trouble. He only has five, I think, or four counts against him. I can see him being not guilty on a couple maybe three of those counts, maybe all of them. The government has been focusing on Rod Blagojevich and letting Robert kind of stand off on the side. He's at a separate table. He's got separate lawyers. They are trying hard to make a big distance between the two brothers. So I think Rod Blagojevich is going to do some serious time. Robert, no, I don't think so. He is Lester Munson. I'm Chet Kopic. This has been Sports Court brought to you by... The great people at American Taxi, my good friend John Coyne, and the wonderful people at American Taxi for you uh, people who live in the suburbs. Don't forget, there's only one way to go, and that is always with American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around right here on Sports Court. So long, everybody. <laughs>